believe it in. There's a scripture in second chapter of Philippians that is quite a challenge. It says we're supposed to be bright lights, luminaries, examples. And, and then it says in this dark world. So with that in mind, let's gather and sing that we that might be that we might be camped at.
There's a scripture in uh, Philippians, second chapter. I'm going to read also from a, a different uh, versions of the Bible, but <laughs> today uh, we went to the. Uh, Bible bookstore in Fairbanks. We had a few minutes before a doctor's appointment. And uh, <clears throat> I went to see the, while well, I was watching all the, the Bibles, uh, Tyndale translation and the other Geneva Bible and other Bibles. And then at the very, at the very bottom, it said, uh, uh, paraphrased uh, and they had the ones I read so I guess, they, I guess they're not supposed to be translations Passion Translation was there the message was there and the Living Bible and so uh, I guess I have to check, check that out better make sure I'm reading the right stuff yet they do shed some light into, into the way the, the other versions read. Now, of course, uh, Brother Bill, uh, not just him, but also Brother Sam, also Brother Buddy, said that uh, this was not the Word of God. Yet, <clears throat> at the same time, that's what we got. Uh, if, you, if you're out of this, uh, if I cannot find what you say here, I might have a hard time believing that you are hearing from God. But even though we know that what we read is not what he's saying. And so, uh, to me, uh, not knowing uh, lots of English, uh, this uh, so-called not, not translated translations help me to understand better. So anyway, uh, the other day, uh, Fabian read a verse in Psalm 105, verse 16. Uh, it reads like this in the King James. talking about Joseph and then he said he uh, moreover he called for famine in the land he destroyed all the provision of bread he sent a man before them Joseph who was sold as a slave they heard his feet with fetters he was laid in irons until this is the verse Fabian read until the time that his word came to pass the word of the Lord tested him. And so <clears throat> I believe that all of us can attest to that. 
We have uh, at times uh, received a word from God, but nothing happened. Uh, or nothing seems to happen. And he says here that God, uh, he said that the word of the Lord tested him. So the word of the Lord was not just uh, a word for him, but it was a test. Yeah. And until the time that his word came to pass, so uh, the period that comes within God's word until the fulfillment of that word, of that word that word, the, same, the very same word that you have heard, is testing you. Not very good news. Because, uh, because if the word of the Lord comes and is from God, obviously we're expecting something to happen. Right? But you also read in the Bible, like... Uh, Many times he says, and when the time came, something happened that had been said way before. So there's a time for it. Even though the word comes, that doesn't mean it's coming at that instant, unfortunately. But there's a period of time, but it's coming. It's going to, to come regardless of, of the time. And so he said, uh, I'm going to read you another version. Another version, he said, until his prediction came true, the decree of the Lord purged him. So he had a word. We just read he had a word. A man Joseph was sent. The word was not just for him, but it was for everybody. Uh, the, everybody was going to be benefited from <laughs> from the word of God that came to him. He was obedient to that word, but it was going to benefit other people. Actually, the word of God came to him to benefit those other people. Yeah. It was not just for him. It was to provide bread for these people. But it says here, until his prediction came true, the decree of the Lord purchased. And so, that the very word of God that was for all the people that came to him was doing a work in him. Was cleaning him. It was cleansing him. A word that was going to benefit other people was doing a work in him. That's interesting. That means he was not the only beneficiary of that word. He was only a conduit to benefit others. But at the same time, it was going to do a work in him. It was going to cleanse him. Another version says, God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his, dream, for his dreams to come true. And so the word of the Lord comes to him through dreams, but the time that, from the time he hears the word until the dreams are fulfilled are purging his character. They are changing him. They are cleansing him. 
And so uh, it's interesting then that it's not just the word of God that comes, but the time between the time it comes until it's fulfilled is doing a work. And so here we are. We have a word of God. The, the old timers and hopefully the new timers heard of God speaking. But it has not been fulfilled. And it will not be fulfilled until that time, in that time, the word does his work. He has to do the work. That interesting that uh, Second Chronicles chapter 32. Verse 31. Now, he's, over here he's talking about a fellow that's been quite successful. And then something very interesting happens there because there's nothing uh, negative about his life that is said here. But when it comes to this point, it says, chapter 32, verse 31. You see, if, you, if we have time, we, we'll read everything that is in, in the whole chapter. But everything is very positive about this man. Everything is good. Everything is good. He is, he's finding a favor before God. But then he says, Hezekiah had very great riches and honor. Uh, and then, well, we'll, we'll go to that, to that verse. However, that's the problem. However, however, regarding the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, whom they sent to him to inquire about the wonder that was done in the land, God withdrew from him. What about that? God seems to be hiding from him in order to test him that he might know all there was in his heart. Now, here, when he says he, is with capital letters. Seems to, to tell you that the one that needed to know, to know that is God. But it is not. That's not what he's saying. The one that needed to know that was Hezekiah. He needed to know what was in his heart. And so I don't understand very well the story, but, but that verse tells me that God was doing something with this man. And in this particular time, when he's going to go through this, God lets him go by himself. Is that familiar to you? It has to be. Because that's when God is going to do his work. He will let you go. Time after time. To see what you're going to do. To see what is in our hearts. He doesn't need to know that. Hundred, uh, Psalm 139, you know, it says that even you thinking he knows. Before the word 
comes to your mouth, he knows what you're going to say. He doesn't need to know what's in your heart. He knows what's in your heart, but he needs you to know, he needs me to know what's in my heart. And so, uh, this king is going to go by himself. Another version says, so too in the matter of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, who were sent to him to inquire about the sign that was in the land when God forsook him in order to test him, to learn all that was in his mind. Once again, not God. He needs to know. And the only way to know is when we go through the test. Then we find out what's there. Now we read a, another version. He said, So when the rulers of Babylon sent emissaries to find out about the sign from God that had taken place earlier, God had left him on his own to see what he could do. He wanted to test his heart. That doesn't sound like a very nice story. We know God is always with us. We know he does not abandon us. We know he's always there. But what he's saying here that he's going to let you go, let me go, so that we can find out what we really like. But why? Just to know? I know what's in my heart to a certain extent. Obviously not fully because this thing will have to be repeated time after time until the end. But up till now I know some things are there that I know shouldn't be there. And the reason they come to my knowledge is only one reason that I know of is so that I can cry out. Sit and say, God, help me. Lord, help me. We were singing this last song. He said, oh, Lord, you're beautiful. It was written by a man when he was very young. It was uh, Keith Green, right? He was very young. And... I'm sure most of the move at that time will reject him because he sang according to our so-called beliefs, he sang rock and roll. But you can see the spirit there in this young man. And in those mysteries that God only knows about, he died when he was 20, 28, I believe, 27, 28 on a plane crash together with two of his children. Two of his children. He was living in community too. I, I read a lot of things about, that he wrote about community out there in Texas. He knew about community. He knew what he was like. But he loved the Lord. He loved the Lord. And the Lord gave him this, this song. 
And so we love the Lord, but we are not yet where we are supposed to be. And so he let us know these things so we can cry out. But you know, we're not going to cry out unless we love the Lord, unless we love what, what the possibility of what we can be. And so uh, let's go back to Philippians and read that because somehow I believe Christians, uh, especially Pentecostals and, and the move to, in our desire trying to get away from the world, I think we made some mistakes. Or maybe not everybody, but. Go look what he says here. Chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but not much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I might rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, labor in vain. to uh, put a condemnation or judgment out there. But there's a desire in my heart and a question. When I'm in that world, am I, am I a light there? And how are they going to know that I'm a light? When I was younger and we used to evangelize Mexico City and also in Juarez City, sometimes we run into people that as soon as we started telling them about the Lord Jesus, they would say, wait a minute, I got a neighbor. And then they will tell us all the things that the neighbor did. And then they will say, that's what you're talking about. I don't want it. When it says here, a crooked and perverse generation, this book has been, is supposed to have written in the year 6062. And if you check out history, you'll find out who the emperors were there. And if you read about the lives, this world will look, will look very uh, 
don't know how, what words to use, but it would not look as bad as those days. It's even embarrassing to read their lives, how they were living. But it's even more impressive to believe that while the world was like that, the church was coming up with a whole different idea, with a whole different life. A life that is given to us from the beginning. A life that we say just to Jesus and we we came into the salvation experience, uh, a new life was opened up to us. But not just to have that experience, but from their own, a path that you can follow. And it says that, that you, you come and shine and shine and shine. And so the apostle is telling them, in the midst of that world, you're like luminaries. You're like lights to guide the other fellows that don't know that light. And so uh, uh, there's a desire there deep inside me. I know it didn't come to, be, to the salvation experience just because of the, there was nothing else to do, but because there was a, an offering, a life, a beautiful life that I can live, that I can follow and be changed, be transformed. And we talk about being unto the image of the Lord. Well, how is that going to happen if not in these mortal bodies that will be changed daily? And what happens sometimes to us Christians and to us uh, communitarians is that we get so accustomed uh, to the routine, to the daily life, that we forget that there's something more. Something more about us. But this fellow, he said, you are luminaries, you are lights there. Right in the middle of that, you shine as lights in the world, holding fast in your own hands, holding the word of life. We got a word of life that we're holding. And so it is true. I think it was brother, and I don't want to follow that line, brother. Bill mentioned that uh, we cannot uh, try to be good boys. Is that what he said? Uh, Trying to be good. Well, there's another thing opposite to that is that if the life is in us, we'll be good boys. We'll be good girls. It has to be seen in the outside. Sometimes we say, well, uh, you haven't seen the inside. But the problem is that inside has to come at some point, has to come outside. And isn't it true that the problems we got sometimes among ourselves is because the outside is manifesting something that is telling me there's something wrong with the inside at that particular moment. If we use our own lingo, it will mean you are out of the spirit. It will mean the old man is manifesting and the new man is hiding somewhere over there. But either way, 
Your actions count. My actions count. And sometimes we, we forget that uh, because nothing happens. The meals keep coming three times a day. The fellows keep going to work. Everything, normal. But it is not because there's somebody there that is demanding for that light to come forth. Because he has given us everything. I, I, you and I don't have an excuse. And the only reason for this is to be shown so that I can cry out to the Lord, Lord, I don't want to be like this. The other day, and I hope that little girl is not listening, but, but she came to us, we were there, uh, there and she came and, and she said, uh, she was just standing there, and so we didn't know, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't remember what Adele said, but she said, uh, the little girl said, uh, said uh, I'm, I want to come, but I'm, I'm supposed to be quiet, but I can't. <laughs> you see, I got to come to the same understanding. <laughs> Lord, you require of me this and the other, yeah. but I can't. Yeah. Well, in our case, then we raise our hands and say, Lord, I don't want to be like this. Because we see what the new man is supposed to be look like. Now, Brother Bill read another scripture the other day in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 8, verse 2. Everybody knows this verse also. It says exactly the same thing of the other two, that the other two scriptures that we read said. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. Now, are you reading there? Is that he knew the answer? You know what the answer is? We will not keep the commandments because we couldn't. So that's necessary. We have to, to go through that and come to that conclusion in order so we can start crying out to the Lord. And especially when things that you know are happening in your life and happen time 
after time, after time, after time, until you wonder, yeah. what's happening here? Do I, do I like that more than I love the Lord? Do I rather keep this thing, this reaction, this like, uh, whatever it is, do I love this more than I love the Lord? It is hard to change. And you, you and I can change. We can change. But we can come before the Lord and cry out and say, Lord, change me, Lord. Change me. I'm tired of this. Will you uh, be willing to confess that there's some things you've been fighting for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? Or perhaps since you were a child. It doesn't seem like things are going to change. And because we have come this way and we have arrived safely, so to speak, until now, but those things have to go anyway. Just because we're still okay, and perhaps nobody knows what you go through inside your heart, that doesn't mean that the Lord is not pointing out to this or the other. And perhaps only you and I know, nobody else. So it says, he came, he brought us all these years. You can put your years there, 15 years, 10 years, two years, three years. Some of us, unfortunately, it's more than 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. Then the same book of Philippians is a beautiful path to follow that the Lord Jesus himself followed and asked us to do so. But right before that, there's some very interesting things I've been thinking about and I, it's not a matter of uh, trying to be good But I, I wonder then why they're written there. What, what is the Lord saying? What was the purpose of those things that are there? Because they are talking about conduct. They're talking about daily life. They're talking about things that happen in community. They're talking about things that happen in your family. And will you be willing to read them? and see what may the Lord speak to you hard there. Philippians, second chapter. 
And that's not the only place where you find these things. You find them also in Colossians and Ephesians and I mean, you name it, they're everywhere. Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 27. First part, it says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So there's a conduct there. How you go about things. What do you say? And so, Chapter 2, pick it up in, a, in the second verse. I'm going to read from another version. Follow it. There's second, the second uh, second, the second part of the second verse. That you might be joined together in perfect unity. Now when I'm reading this, think about your own situation. Think about what the community is going through. Think about where are you in your life? That you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion. Is this talking about Whitestone? But what do we come to do here anyway? You see, we can lose the, the vision that we had by allowing things to become normal. And united in one love, walk together with one harmonious purpose and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions. Pride-filled opinions. For they will only harm you cherish unity. But you see, you don't cherish that. If I don't cherish that, I will keep my pride-filled opinions. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. I've seen that in my heart. But the Lord had chosen to take me a long route to deal with those things. You know, I'm so, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that he knows exactly what to do to bring us to a point where we can change. It's amazing the, how far he will go just to do that. And why? Because not just because he loves us, but because he knows what he wants out of us. He knows how he wants us to be like. And so he said, uh, don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first 
put others first. It makes you not to want to read anymore. <laughs> Let's stop there. Put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. How about that? You see, there's a world that does not see that. A good politician, well, I'll tell you what they, there's this politician in Mexico, and he said, a poor politician, well, it's a, it's a play of words, but his, his meaning, what his meaning is that a politician that is not rich is not really a politician. But a good politician will sell himself and will tell you the best things about him. He will lie because there's no, no way he can be like that. But anyway, he will, and he will tell you all the things he's going to do for you. Right? But we cannot do that. No, he said we cannot. We got to be others as more important than ourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters for others instead of your own interests. And of course, it says, I consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his himself, mindset become your motivation. I'll read you another version. But please, listen with your heart and let the Lord speak to your heart. Because He's calling us to be different. He's calling us to show the world what a man is supposed to be look like look like. The only seen one thousands of years ago. But we were called to also be the same as he was. And so I said, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. And listen to this. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Maybe we don't lend a hand because we're thinking of ourselves. Brother John Henson used to say that the, the fastest way to get depressed is to think about yourself all the time. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself and then goes into this beautiful passage that we'll read at the end. Another translation. 
to make my joy complete. Live together in harmony. Live together in love, as though you had only one mind and one spirit within you. Never act from motives of rivalry or personal vanity, but in humility think more of each other than you do of yourselves. None of you should think only of his own affairs, but consider other people's interests also. Let you add it to life be that of Christ Jesus himself. And what was that attitude? Well, we'll read there, chapter second of Philippians. Who been in the form of God. You see, he was there. Other versions said that being God did not consider robbery to be equal with God. It means he didn't take the privilege that he had. The privilege of being there with his father. He did not hold into that when he realized what redemption for us was going to cost. It didn't. He stayed there. Some people have been talking here about entitlement. Feeling entitled to this, to the other. He didn't feel entitled to stay there. He abandoned that. He left it. Some of us, long time ago, did something similar in a very, very minor scale, but we did it. We left our homes. We left our schools. We left our cities. We left our countries because we felt God was calling us to go, and we went. It's a very minor comparison, but in his case, he left heavens. He left that place. He did not keep that privilege but made himself of no reputation. No reputation. Having it all, he came to have nothing. Once, one time he said, I don't even have a place to sleep. I don't have anything. Now, you and I have been testing in, in abundance. Brother Buddy said that the test, abundance was harder than the other, when you lack everything. He went that way. Talking the form of a bond servant, and to him, in that case, was going down and down and down and coming in the likeness of man. Can you imagine that? Being, being God and then coming down into the likeness of man? Yeah. I mean, he was going down. And being found in appearance as a man, not as a man. Now, that's where we are too. Now, as men. Amen. We are a man and we have the life the Christ is in us as a man 
He humbled himself. Now in truthfulness, does anybody wants to be humble? I wonder how this applies, I always wonder how this applies to heritage. It has to be applied there. How does it apply to interior hardware? It has to, it has to work there too. You work among them. Some of them were fishermen. One was even a publican. And the gospel worked in their lives. So it has to work whatever you do in the community, whatever you do in your own homes, whatever you do for work. The gospel has to work there in your life. And he's telling you here, he said, as a man, just like us, he humbled himself. And then he says, and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Other version says, the death of a criminal. All the way to the bottom. I don't think there's any other way to get to the last verse. I mean, growth doesn't mean this way. It's this way. Are we in agree agreement about that? It grows, it's going this way? Or is it going this way? Is growth men growing? Or is growth men die? The famous passage about Peter that all of us know, he says, when you were a man, when you were a young man, when you were a child, you went everywhere you wanted to. Nobody told you what to do. But when he grew up, he was told what to do. When he grew up, he couldn't do anything unless the father told him to do so. Is that growth? So, is growth being free to do whatever you want to do? Now that you are mature, now that you're older? Or is the growth now to go before your father and ask, is this okay? Am I all right? <coughs> and so he said that, because of that, therefore, God also has highly exalted him, giving him the name which is above every name. And you see, we're invited to follow the same route. We're invited, uh, uh, Colossians chapter 3 says, uh, if you've been resurrected with Christ, And we have, but we will be also. So we have, we, and we will be. That are the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. 
and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. By the way, to get there, we read it, and I read you some versions that give us an idea of what trying to avoid to, to paint a picture of, of, of us trying then to to be good fellows yeah. uh, to be that's not the case yet yeah. it has to be seen anyway mm-hmm. but not for an, our an efforts but because we finally got tired yeah. of being what we are not to be and because we saw that there was something better than what we had. And I think uh, because of the life that came to us when we first received him in our hearts, it wasn't just to have that experience, but it was to put us on a road that has an end. That it tells us in Ephesians chapter four, until we come unto the perfect man. Well, the Lord bless you. Hopefully your day is still pretty. Nice. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the great invitation, Father, to have a different life. We ask you then to be patient with one another, to pray for one another, to encourage each one another and to keep going, Lord, until the work is finished, until you can say, well done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.